The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So are you allowed to bring your dog to work? Are you worried about leaving your dog at home? What about going to your local cafe or restaurant? Can you put the dog under the table while you're enjoying your cup of coffee? We have two guests with us, and I'm going to start with Dr. Cyril Sullivan, Chief Executive of the ISPCA, because you have done a survey into attitudes towards pet ownership, pet beyond dogs, I presume, as well. What sort of things have you found? Matt, um, we have research is actually carried out by Mars Ireland on our behalf, so um, excellent uh, report, excellent research as far as ISPCA is concerned. What has been found is that uh, pet-friendly organisations or um, cafes, workplaces, etc., are very positive in terms of uh, attracting customers. Uh, it's in terms of the animal welfare itself. Uh, it's been found that not only something we already knew, that the animal has a benefit to the family, but it also reciprocates this in terms of the health and welfare of the family and the people who own the dog and the pet. So the research itself reaffirms beliefs we already knew or we already believed, but it's, it's reaffirmed them for us. So it's, it's very, very positive. So things like uh, pet-friendly offices, uh, what we found is that if... An organisation adopts a pet-friendly um, policy. It would mean that they would attract more recruits, you know, because people would feel this is a very positive thing. And we've noticed that ourselves that you know the more people who are involved in bringing animals into work, the workplace is a happier place. So the research, as I said, has reaffirmed our beliefs, what we believe to be um, you know key in terms of animal welfare, but also in terms of human welfare. And even the Department of Agriculture's recent welfare strategy highlighted. You know, one health, one welfare, which means that, you know, the individual, the person and the animal are tied as of one in terms of their welfare. So this research is really welcome from the ISBCA's point of view and has other benefits and other benefits uh, from our point of view in terms of adoptions and fostering. Yeah, and we'll get all to that in a second. But how many businesses, offices, other types of employment actually encourage or even allow it? Because for all that I might like to bring my dog to work, I'm not necessarily sure that everybody else on my team would appreciate the dog being here as well. They might not all be dog lovers. Indeed, I used to have a colleague here who was quite fearful of dogs and the idea of me bringing in the dog for the morning meeting uh, would have been absolute anathema to her. Yeah, and I, I can understand that. I uh, we have a uh, one corporate partner who um, recently reopened opened to launch a new office, and they made it a pet friendly office. So uh, the ISPCA provided training. You know, we we had behaviours brought in. People were allowed to sit around to talk about how to treat the dogs, how to have any dog they have on site, and how it must behave. And um, it was very well received. And uh, you know, there's a good number of animals been brought in there. So. It actually can be managed really well by employers and you know, and the ISPCA and others are there to help. I want to bring in Tim Kirby as well, who's a vet and the founder of Pet Bond, because Tim, I'd imagine a lot of employers would be concerned as well. If Would they be liable if the dog bit somebody, be it an employee or a visitor to a premises? Good, Matt, and uh, good afternoon to your, your listeners. Generally speaking, Matt, we're seeing Ireland without a shadow of a doubt is becoming more pet-friendly right across the board. You know, that's, that's undisputable um, as things stand today. And I think, as we were just saying there, you know, there is a tolerance to pets. And, you know, certainly, as you said yourself, bringing a pet into the workplace, you have to be mindful that you have that mightn't be pet-friendly or just might have never been exposed to dogs themselves in the past. So, you know, that awareness around the pet and ultimately prioritising your pet to ensure that your pet is comfortable 
and relax is the key point. Because if your pet is relaxed, inherently, all the people around the pet become relaxed as well. And just as, as, as your speaker was saying, that snowball effect, a really positive snowball effect really starts to grow and positive changes happen then. So I would say from speaking to customers um, and other pet colleagues across the country as well, we're certainly seeing people coming from different backgrounds and different workplaces saying that they actually are being encouraged by their employers to bring their, their dogs into work and it's something we certainly encourage people to do as well. And how important, Tim, might it be for the dog to actually to go to have that company rather than being left at home on their own? And I have to admit I'm feeling an enormous amount of guilt about my own dog at present because she had become so used to people being in the house during lockdown. Even yeah. me when I was there for a year doing the radio show from home that now that everybody is out again at school, at college, at work, she's left at times on her own, not for too long, but even so she gets seems to get highly anxious about it. Yeah. That was probably the biggest issue, Matt, as we came out of the, the whole COVID pandemic was the issue of separation anxiety. So just as you said, pets just bonded more and more with their owners that they were already very affectionate towards as a result of being with them essentially 24-7 for such a long period of time. But again, it's really important that pets have their own time. You know, they have their own space as well. And, you know, there was a period of readjustment as we went back to, in our commas, normal life, where you went to the office or you went out about your daily routine and you came back. So that transition is still actually happening. And I think what we got to do is do it incrementally. you got to do it slowly because you're essentially retraining your dog from the previous norm. And that does take time as well. You have to continually positively reinforce that experience for them. So dogs are much better if they're in company, provided that, you know, they're sociable dogs, as opposed to be nested on their own for very, very long periods of time. So we do need to respect their own space and time. But at the same time, they're very sociable creatures. And that's how they learn about life. It's how they learn to interact with other dogs, how they express themselves. And I know from my own dog, she and I, you know, there's nothing she likes better than just galloping around with five or six other dogs and having a little rough and tumble in a very positive way, just like a happy dog does. Back to you, Dr. Cyril Sullivan. Could it be, though, that if we don't adopt more pet-friendly, and I'll get to other pets at heart from dogs in a moment, but if we don't adopt it, then an awful lot of people, now that they're going back to the workplace for a greater number of hours, might have to surrender dogs, and that then creates its own problem as to finding new homes for them. Exactly, Matt. That's that's a problem. That's a reality as as we speak. Um, we would have found during COVID that uh, people were adopting uh, animals out of a very significant way because they were at home, they had the time, and uh, it was a real pleasure for a family to have that time for an animal and for a pet. What we're finding now is a sort of a, a double effect, a double negative effect in that uh, what we're finding is that we have an increase in rescue dogs coming into us and we have a decrease in the number of adoptions and people taking on because they're moving all back to work. So um, so, so what happens to those dogs then? Well, I think what we're, we're saying in terms of the research is we're looking for alternatives. So it's a case that uh, we do three things. We rescue the dog, we rehab the dog, we rehome the dog. Now, the rehoming piece... Um, 
has two elements there. It can be fostering or it can be a full-on adoption. So we're, I suppose we're, we're, we're using fostering more, which is a temporary home for, for the animal because it's key to a dog's welfare to, um, to have a loving home to go into. Uh, so we, we, we're sort of encouraging and we're, you know, we're actively working on, and the research reaffirms this, that there are loads of opportunities for people to be able to keep their dog and to work with their dog in a pet-friendly office or whatever. So it's just, you know, those animals, we are working very, very hard to make sure they have a very good life. And we continue to do that. We're, we're succeeding, you know, but while it was... Oh, sorry, are you having to send many of them away? Because we, there was a report in the Irish Times today saying a lot of dogs have been sent to places like Sweden and Italy. But we, we, ISPCA hasn't adopted that policy. And, you know, we obviously we, we look at everything we can do if we have a situation where it gets out of hand. It hasn't got there yet, but obviously we'd have to look at all options. And if you send animals away, you, some countries will prefer some types of breeds and some types of animals. And it could have, a, you know, we make sure that it's, it's, it's a very positive effect if we do decide to adopt that policy. We haven't adopted it yet. But what I suppose what we're saying in terms of the research is that uh, when we um, rescue the dogs uh, and rehab them, we put it, we've invested a lot of our time and effort into bringing that animal back into full health. And, and the key piece of that is rehoming. So we're, we're, I suppose we're employing employers to re-examine that policy and then for employees who are at work and who have maybe thought about adopting it and get, you know go to their employer and encourage that and, and hopefully then we get a better balance and you know um, it's, it's obviously from, from our point of view that is something that we just keep working on Tim Kirby as a vet we keep I keep talking about dogs I'm biased towards dogs I'll admit but what about cats are cats a good pet to bring to the office with you or do cats really care about where they are are the cats perhaps happy enough to be left on their own uh, for hours during the day while the owner's out of work they are generally speaking back they are in the sense the cats are much more independent than dogs a lot of cats we would see would go outdoors during the day they would come in at night they're very very happy can get to their own devices, essentially, like that. And they can very well entertain themselves. Whereas that, the real emotional need that a lot of dogs have, and particular breeds, it's greater in them as well. You know, you wouldn't see the similarity in cats. And again, cats, you know, they can just jump up and down off trees if they're outside. They can express themselves much more readily without getting into problems as a dog would. That's my belief on it as well. So okay. I think those fundamental differences, obviously, for a cat, they make it more conducive to be happier in their own company, essentially. Well, just to finish with you, Dr. Cyril Sullivan, was there an uptake in the purchase of cats during lockdown? And are you seeing similar problems with them being given up now like dogs? It, it, yeah, I mean, there's a case that the, the numbers are more or less correlate, but um, but as Tim says there, it's a, it's a case that um, you know cats are more resilient in terms of pets um, so we're not finding a difficulty in terms of rehoming but again if anybody is out there we do have you know a, a constant movement of cats into our care um, and we really appreciate if anybody's out there is interested they are there's less uh, maintenance with a cat in terms of it, how how it uh, lives with the family they're a beautiful animal so we would yeah we would encourage people to adopt but yeah it's not it's not out of hand it's not an issue but the correlation is definitely there between cats and dogs Dr Cyril Sullivan of the ISPCA and Tim Kirby, vet and pet bond founder. Thank you for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.